0: What up? Welcome to a podcast with Mo. I am Mo. This is episode 128. On this episode, uh, I get a call from a dude I went to high school with named Eric Fawcett. Uh, we talk about all kinds of shit. He talks about this book, Dotcom Secrets, that I guess I have to buy um, growing up in Warwick, Oklahoma. I'm doing business on the internet, veteran discounts, croc brains, Iran, just how you grow and change as a person, religion, a little bit about fishing, and probably like 12 other things that I forgot to write down. But uh, thanks for checking us out. A podcast with Mo. What up? Uh, I'm joined by no one yet. I'm going to call someone here in a minute. Before I do that, I'm going to go ahead and do all my you should give me money routine. So I have patreon.com slash a podcast with Mo. Go there. Give us any amount of money a month and you'll get early access to the podcast. Uh, Maybe I should start doing more. I really need ideas from y'all fans. What would you all like to see from the Patreon? I'm just not uh, creative anymore. So uh, let me know. Uh, We have some producers like my mom, Hurricane Haynes, uh, Marshall to bear, Jay, Powwow, Snappy, um, holding us down, keeping this shit together. Uh, And then we also have a merch shop. Got some new shirts up if you didn't hear Monday's episode. We got some premium and some tall cuts because the uh, original cheaper ones, they're fine for maybe some of y'all skinny people, but it doesn't work for me. So uh, we got some better shirts in there now for you to check out. Um, so both of the links to those websites will be in the comments of this podcast. If you're interested, uh, the person I'm about to call is someone I actually went to high school with, uh, his name is Eric Fawcett. He does all kinds of shit. I think he went to the Marines when we got done with school. And then he started like a divorce mediation company. And then he's always made websites. And now he does some uh, SEO, which is search engine optimization shit. Uh, he does a little fishing. You know, he fishes in tournaments, tries to make some money there. Um, seems like he's all over the country, always doing all kinds of shit. So uh, I figured he might as well be halfway interesting to talk about on here we'll see and uh i know we disagree a lot politically but we both think of ourselves as being in the middle so that's fun and uh anyway let's give him a call yo what's up all right man so what's up how goes life life goes man how about yourself all uh, right it's it's all right i make this podcast you know uh and i make music and then i do a normal shitty day job but that's just how it is it's awesome man. stay busy hey man I try to give you an intro of everything you do. Um, so like, how do you describe if people are like, Hey, what do you
1: do? What do you tell them? God. <laughs> I say whatever I want. <laughs> um, realistically though, I mean, I, I kind of, uh, well, kind of categorize myself as an entrepreneur. Like I do um, a lot of business consulting, marketing, uh, sales consulting, business development, business automation, uh, own a small business and I, you know, kind of a fish. Of course, that really doesn't bring in a lot of money for me, but it's, uh, it brings in a lot of business. So just depends on, you know, kind of like a jack of all trades, master of none is what I really probably categorize it as. But <laughs> right. Right. usually they say, what do you do? I say whatever I want because <laughs> uh, freedom is like my biggest theme. Like that's just my biggest thing in the world is free time. Like what, like I like to do and just go and be. And so, uh, and I don't like to say that arrogantly. It sounds kind of like a shitty, arrogant, uh, you know, way to look at things. But um, it actually, I don't know when I, I guess when I dive into it, it's a little more, it's a little deeper than that. Right. But that's just how I started Cause it's kind of hard to describe what, you know, I do. So, right. And I mean, it is somewhat arrogant, but
0: in general, like I would love to make enough money off podcasting and music that I didn't have to do the day job and that would provide a lot of freedom. So I get what you're saying. Like that would be
1: awesome. So I don't think that's uh, a book. I got a book on my desk. You need to go and pick up on Amazon. Uh, it's called Dot Com Secrets by Russell Brunson. Uh, you need to look that look into that because it'll literally give you a pathway to do exactly that. Um, yeah, that'll open. That'll. It's, it's just sitting on my desk, like perfect. Like you're like, hey, how do I do that? Well, right here. It's in Russell Brunson's book. But yeah, dude, check that out. Hell yeah, perfect. Um,
0: all right. So, and then you also went into the Marines, right? Like right after high school, that was like exact, like immediately what you did, if I remember correctly.
1: Yes, and so, like, that's why I, like, got the whole freedom thing going on. Like, like that's why I got, like, the uh, the whole I want to do whatever I want thing because I pretty much, like, you know, in America, if you had anything that was, I felt like would be the closest thing to, like, modern day, like, slavery or something, it would be do a deployment to Iraq with the Marine Corps because, like, you have no, there is no U time. There's no... Like you're you're on someone else's time constantly, and like you don't have freedom. Like it's stripped from you when you work for the government. It was great. I mean, I love the Marine Corps. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I was sitting in a in a gate post, you know, in the middle of nowhere, Iraq, and I'm just looking at empty desert, uh, you know, for hours and hours on end for weeks and months, and and I was like, man, i I, I want to do you know whatever you know I want I want to be able to go and do like you know you know how it was how I was growing up because we grew up together, right. Uh, you know, worked. I mean, a summer for me was like in the morning we'd roof a house, uh, and then at like noon go to lunch, and then one o'clock we'd go and uh, you know pick watermelons till like five o'clock, and then I'd go work with Uncle Jerry and at six o'clock and haul hay until like midnight, and then I'd wake up and repeat, and that was my life. Like always growing up, so by the time I'm sitting at this point in Iraq, I've had I don't know in my my little eyes like a lifetime of hard work, and so I, I had this entrepreneur bug, and I just I just sought it. I was, I just, you know, asked questions. Right. And and, and,
0: I would even say before we graduated very early on by like freshman year of high school, you were like, I'm going to start my own business and I'm going to make a bunch of money. And you were very determined. And like, that was your attitude very early
1: on. So, well, and you know, we just didn't have a lot. I mean, mom and dad were always arguing about bills. And that's why I say if you really uncover the do whatever I want thing, like if if you unpackage that, uh, it goes, ba- it goes back, man. I mean, cause you and I, we've been bros since like two years I, older. Uh, actually younger.
0: before that. So according to my mom, uh, you were the first other baby I ever sat with, like where they put an infant next to another infant and you were the first one. And I was born two months premature. So I was really little and I guess you were a big ass <laughs> fucking baby. So like, this- I was a
1: big baby, like eight pounds is like. 12 ounces or something stupid like i was big
0: so the size comparison between us i think was pretty large um but i remember that i remember visiting you when you first lived in on highway five and no people that aren't around where don't give a fuck what highway five is but you lived on highway (laughs) five back in the day when we were really
1: little (laughs) do you remember when i got into miss bobby about the five hood (laughs) yes
0: very much so uh (laughs) <laughs> and then you moved in town to about that. and then you moved back to highway five later, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, yeah, so we definitely go way back. I would say, uh, like I hate acting like who was, you know, everyone was poor where we're from for the most part. Right. Like I don't want to act like yeah, anyone. No so, but like, I feel like me and you are about the same, at least for me, I know it started out that I was really poor when I was young. I lived in like low income housing and all that, but my dad got a yeah. good job when I was like 11 and they started making more money. And now my parents, are
1: okay, but yeah, well, and, and that's the thing is like, I hate even use the word poor because, um, well, like Mike, you know, growing up compared right. to me, I was the rich kid in our friendship and, and we were not a rich kid like at all. But man, like, uh, me and my dad got into a fight, what my j- senior year, yeah, my senior year. And he kicked me out for like two weeks. And so I live with Mike and dude, we didn't have like, uh, like heat, like heat, like there was no uh, hot water. And I live with Mike. There's like no hot water. And I was working at the truck stop from Uncle Jerry, so like I was like helping them, you know, eat with my money. Like I was just contributing to the family, which was kind of cool. Um, honestly, it was it was perspective, but they didn't have anything. Her, her, their mom. I mean, she was. I think she was living off of like four hundred dollars a month. I mean, it was right. impressive what she was doing with wh- what little uh, she had. So you know, my parents had uh, were definitely better there, but so I always had to say we were just the poorest in the world. But my parents were always fighting and arguing over money. And, and like, I'm like, hey, can I get this candy bar? No, we don't have the money. You know, right. It was like, no, 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 no. Like, I heard no more times than i ever heard yes. The candy bar thing's perfect because I've told this to other
0: people before of like, yeah, my family wasn't poor, but like, I, didn't, I couldn't get a candy bar every day. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I couldn't have went into a store and been like, hey, can I have a candy bar? I would be like, fuck no, like, special occasions. What the <laughs> hell? Like, that's just. Well, yeah. And
1: that's the thing is like, if they said yes all the time, like it would literally uh, hurt, hurt their income. Like it would hurt their ability to pay bills and provide. And so it was just, everyone says money doesn't buy happiness. I'm like, yeah, well, neither does poverty. You know, I've done both. Right. Um, and I've, I've been happy with money in my pocket and I've been happy broke. I, I mean, and it's another thing is like money for me, I don't even care about money. I really don't even care. Like it's uh it's just a tool. It's like you're a bicycle or a car, you know, um, you know, I just bought a, you know, $75,000 truck or whatever and did a bunch of stuff to it. And that's just honestly, if I didn't do the fishing stuff and if I didn't have the like, it's it's more of a, a fish attractant, so to speak. It's a bait. Right. Like, you know, when people see a vehicle like that and you're wanting to try to get them to do marketing with you or uh, let you consult with their business. And you're saying, hey, man, I need $5,000 a month to tell you how to run your business better. You need to look the part. And so. Honestly, dude, I could live in a van down by the river, son, <laughs> right. uh, and be happy catching fish and living off the land. So it's not about money; it's just all about where I want to go. So money just happens to be now with me. I love to fish. I mean, uh, I spend like fifty thousand dollars a year fishing. I mean, it's insane amount of money, and uh, but it's my passion. It's what I love to do you know, the entry fee for my tournament that's coming up like uh, two weeks from now, it's like $1,900 or $1,800, something like that. And, and I'll spend, you know, two, three, $4,000 for this whole, just whole trip. And it's like a week trip. And, and that's, you know, it's just like, I couldn't do that if I didn't have the right income. So, um, if I didn't want to fish, if I just want to go to a pond and if I didn't want to competitively fish, then, you know, I wouldn't need that. So, you know, if I ever want to, like, if I ever filed bankruptcy, I think the world would be like, "Oh, he's a failure," blah blah blah. But I'd be like, "No, man, I just like, I'm. Or you're not happy, or you're what? No, I'm. I'm perfectly fine. Like with or without money, uh, my activities will be limited. I want. I love to travel, love to see the world. Uh, dude, most eye opening thing in the world. I don't think I've ever told you this, but when I was on the way to Iraq in 2007, um, I was in a uh, in an airport in Budapest, Hungary. Like <laughs> they flew us commercial to Iraq, so like we go from like Oklahoma city to California for a little bit. And then we go from California to like Ohio and then Ohio to like England. And then went Shannon Ireland. And then we went to uh, Budapest, Hungary, like, in the, like freaking crazy. And we're in the, you know, in the airport in Marine Corps uniform, you know, ca- desert camis. And this guy walks up to me, we're talking. He's like, Hey, uh, uh Fawcett, huh? I was, he's British. And I was like, uh, yes, sir. And he goes, where whereabouts you from? You're not from uh, Texas or Oklahoma, are you? And I was like, and I'm kind of like, you know, because they've taught us about security and like red flags and like you don't talk to people and all this other stuff. And I was like, um, Yes, sir. He goes, Which one? I said, um, Where are you from? And I started reversing the questions. He goes, Oh, I'm from London. He goes, I- I've spent some time in Oklahoma. I said, Where about in Oklahoma? He said, Warika, Oklahoma. And so at this point, I'm like, All right, hang on. This is either freaking some guy trying to like, I'm about to get like kidnapped from my unit or something crazy is going to happen or this is just insane coincidence. So I just I was like screw it, whatever. So I was like, oh yeah, what do you uh, what? Do you, what he's like is that is that where you're from? I said, actually, yeah, that's where I grew up. But you know, I was just there not so long ago. He goes, um, he goes, you wouldn't know a guy by name of Chris Fawcett with you. I was like, no freaking way. I was like, how in the world would you know that name? He goes. Well, I worked at a place called Beaver Lumber with Daryl, uh, Carolyn Beaver, really good people. And I think there was a Chris Foss that worked there for a little bit. I was like, what? so this guy's from London, England, freaking British spoke dude, you know, and he's, he's, he's been to Warrica, America, like oh, yeah. of all places in the world he could have possibly been, worked with my dad, at Lumberyard. I told them that I think they said his name was Benji or something like that. But, um, long story short, little town, small town kid, I, that immediately impacted me because I realized how small the world actually is. Right. And and things just went from there. But that's crazy, like like little town, like it gets it gets around, bro.
0: Like <laughs> Yeah. Um it, it is crazy when moments like that happen. I mean, I had something similar, but not quite as crazy, of course. When I worked at a place where I was doing like customer service on the phone, um, some guy who lived in Wichita Falls, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm from around there. And he immediately goes, Oh, from your voice, I would say you're from Wareka. And I went, Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Shit. <laughs> dude's got Didn't it no we had our own accent me either i was and i don't think i talk like a lot of
1: people so i was like oh man this dude's good you've done better about the redneck thing i get hit with it all the time like if i'm in california or somewhere they instantly think i'm from texas so i'm like close like right five miles when i go see
0: uh i have grandparents that live in colorado and i haven't been there in forever but uh when i used to go there more they would all act like i had such a redneck accent and the thing is <laughs> like my grandpa was like a rancher and all of his friends were ranchers, and they all sounded like anybody else to me. I was like, what are you talking about? Y'all sound just like me. But um, <laughs> they used to give me a lot of shit. But I have somehow avoided it. Um, my other co-host, Snappy, on on Mondays, you know, he keeps the country vibes going for the podcast. But for some reason, it just hasn't stuck with me as well. Unless I get in character. Sometimes, you know, like when I'm really comfortable i'll get into like my redneck voice or like if i do an accent of my dad you know it's like super fucking country and people are like your dad doesn't <laughs> sound like that and i'm like yeah well that's how i do it <laughs> so well, it does
1: to me <laughs> it's so funny my dad one time um and it, <laughs> i mean he he know he doesn't know any better and it's not like it, it i don't know if it was embarrassing to me or if it was just funny um kind of it's like okay it was, it was like almost embarrassing because the guy we were talking to he was kind of a you know, well-off guy, and my dad said, "Oh, well, let me get my good shoes." Right. <laughs> this is the way he said it was just like it just cracks me up because he's got like I get on I, I get on him a bunch. It's funny he'll say uh, he'd say "wall ago." He said, "Oh yeah, we did that wall ago." I'm like, "What's a wall ago?" I know he means a while ago, earlier, but he says wall ago, like like, w, like wall ago or something. I don't know. And then uh, he's got another one. He says, uh, what is it? He's uh, It'll hit me. It'll hit me when it comes back to oh, me. He's got all these little saying. My
0: dad's the same way, like over yonder <laughs> or he'll be he like, it's over yonder. And I'm like, hey, motherfucker, I don't know what that is.
1: Like, Is that north, south, east, or west? <laughs> and is it? it or yards, like, what are
0: we, <laughs> <Right>. miles? <laughs> he'll, he'll ask me, like, to get him some, some tool that I don't quite know. And I'm like, well, where is it? It's over there on that thing. And you're like, all right, I need a lot more info than that. I can't.
1: Can you draw a GPS? Like, <laughs> you Google it to me. You're like, um, <laughs> yeah. see,
0: I think a lot changed for me when my mom worked uh, at a finance place uh, when we were in high school. And so she all of a sudden knew a lot of people's financial information and she just would always be like all these people in your high school who you think are rich aren't or a lot of them aren't she was like most of them are in debt by a lot and things are different <laughs> and my parents are my parents have like perfect credit and uh they've just been really smart on that that shit for whatever oh, reason my
1: mom. Dude, my mom, had a perfect credit. It was crazy. Same yeah. deal. My mom stressed so much over paying bills.
0: Yeah. And, and it's like if we go – like when I went and got a my truck in high school, I remember my senior year, uh, I wanted this old Dodge Dakota because I was like my dream truck or whatever. And uh, they were like trying everything to get them to buy a brand new car because they're like, you have perfect credit. Like you will get the best deal. My mom's like, we have perfect credit because I don't buy new cars. <laughs> you know, she <laughs> like has her rules or whatever. Um but they all figured it out. Now my mom since I've graduated high school, she became a nurse and so like they're doing uh you know, a little
1: better off now these days. But man, that's – and that's crazy. When it that's the, that's the key for me is like when I like in a business, if I understand how the money works with it, like how it flows, how it comes in and where, you know, how it's acquired if I understand that little piece of it, I can figure out how to make the product or the, do the service, like the doing and the, and the making all that's It's not hard. You just need to know the tactics behind it. Like it, nothing's com- and that's another thing. Like nothing's complicated. Uh, there's a, there's an old art of war sayer, like uh general Sun Tzu, freaking some uh, Chinese or Japanese dude general from like way back in the day. He wrote a book called art of war, but he says that, you know, nothing's to be feared. It's only to be understood. And, uh, that's just when I actually learned that in the Marine Corps of all places. Like they were, they made us read a lot of stuff, and there's always, and believe it or not, like to be a jarhead, you have to be really smart. Like you actually have to do a lot of book study and, and learn. And I think that was on the general's reading list or something like that. But um, but anyway, I picked it up, and it's, it's a really good book on the art of warfare, and there's a lot of really wise like tactical knowledge in there. Uh, but that's one of the things that really stuck with me. And and it's, of course, it's a, a quote everyone's heard. I mean, it's not like it's you know that's the only place it's heard, but. Uh, but anyway, that quote stuck with me. And so literally I've learned to ask questions rather than be afraid of like a new thing or jumping out into something. I just kind of, I just, I just, I don't want to fear it. I just want to understand it. And, um, and, and a lot of times if you just ask the right questions, you know, that leads to more questions and those questions lead to answers at some point. And even if you ask the wrong question, it can read you, lead you to the right question, which leads you to the right answer. And so it's just like if, if I, my question usually just how does the money come in like how how is it, you know, what's the like like you might have? um What is it something? That, okay, there's a thing written on my board. It made sense. So like there's a thing that's like a, a low cost offer. It's like nine ninety five per year. Okay, Uh the, but just the nine dollars and ninety five cents that five on the end of it. You know the nine ninety nine or whatever. It's really ten bucks. But if you if I ask you how much it you you're like, oh, it's like nine bucks. Like you're going to round down 90, 95 cents. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, like, and so there's just tactics that like, that's just a simple tactic, but there's a little, there's simple tactics that if once you understand those, like there's, there's things that happen. Like I'm like, how in the world do they make Like, like boat sales, dude, I thought like, okay, maybe the summertime is the only time they're, where they're buying sail, uh boats. Well, I was just at the Oklahoma city boat show here recently. And man, some of those guys probably sold a million dollars worth of inventory this weekend. And so – but that's one of the tactics is we put up a boat show and have everybody show off the the new boats for this year and people browse and there's always people looking. Um, sometimes you have to order a boat, so it takes a few months. And so people want to buy it now so that it's ready by come time for Memorial Day. And so there's – everything has like – and that's another thing. It leads me to another little thing is like um, – someone's figured it out. Like the dumbest thing, the biggest thing that I that liberated me was to be dumb. Like just admit that I'm dumb. I'm an idiot. I'm the dumbest person. You know, I'm stupid. And as long as I stay stupid, I'll be the smartest person, you know, because all I really have to do is say, okay, what did like this book? I told you about Russell Brunson's com secrets book. Russell Brunson is an amazing human being. Uh, he's, he does this thing called click funnels. It's a software that uh, lets you build like an online funnel. And a funnel is basically just like, um, a website is an example of a funnel, um, you know, a website, you, you bring people to a page and you show them, uh, you know, some sales copy and you try to get them to take action. Okay. So, um, a funnel is just something where you get, you bring a lot of people to it, you give them an offer. So traffic plus offer equals profits. You bring enough people to it to a, to an offer, um, you can, you can generate profits. And so what, what, click funnels does it, it it takes a complicated process of making a, a, a funnel now it's click funnels is not easy like it I'm, I'm in a mastermind that costs like twenty five thousand dollars a year to learn about this stuff
0: yeah, but it's, it's like
1: overtaken beat so, beat selling in the last couple months uh click funnels has been a big hot button issue so i'm a little familiar Slightly. Well, that's cool that you're familiar really cool dive into that man because like uh i mean it's a rabbit hole that just i mean it's it's a cool rabbit hole to go down but once you understand like just the systems and processes the psychologies the whys uh, it, it's not hard it, it's just like anything else like we we jump in the car we start we turn the ignition and we hit the gas well man when we were you know 15, 16 trying to learn we were dumb and like almost hitting stuff and, and now we just jump in the car and we can you know text and drive or whatever we're not supposed to be doing and get from A to B just fine right like anything you you, you go to tackle as long as you just learn the, like you you're real good with math like I couldn't even do the math stuff that I know you, you're capable of uh, but I could if I would just sit down and 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 study it and fall in love with it, right? Right. Um, but most people fear something like that. They're afraid of it for some reason, like whatever reason. Um, and it's a false fear. Like there's nothing actually in the way. It's just fear of yourself. So you remove that and just try to understand something and basic break it down to basic components. Anything's possible. And that so from the small town kid, I always looked like okay, like this world's like okay. Going from Warika to Duncan, 30 minute drive, dude, that was like, we gotta get dressed up, go to Walmart. Like, we, right. You know, we, like, that's, dude, just, I went to Walmart like a, in
0: sweatpants this morning. <laughs> it was like, I don't give a fuck. But yeah, back in the day, yeah, it was like, like,
1: I hope nobody puts me on people at Walmart today. <laughs> right. I was like,
0: I don't care. It's like five minutes away. Um, yeah. And so speaking of all your stuff, it reminds me a lot of like issues I have selling beats. Now, um, selling beats is a very oversaturated market at the moment. And there is mm-hmm. some, uh, like monies I need to invest in, like an ASCAP or BMI account and try to get some royalties and try to figure out a way to get beats on a TV show. Like there's some other avenues I, I haven't really explored because I'm an idiot. And, uh, really I've only been doing this beat making thing for like 15, 16 months and I wanted to get good. And now I do feel like I'm pretty good. Uh, but it's weird when you're like, quote unquote, a creative, right? Cause like I view it all through yep. like, um, you know, I don't want to be corny. I don't want to come off like this or like that. So like the fear thing you're talking about, it's very, um, obvious for me of what I ha- like, you know, I have this artist's integrity that I'm trying to do, which is fucking stupid. Or like, someone's like, bro, you need to have louder kicks. And I'm like, no, sir, for the overhead in this mix. <laughs> and you know, I'm like, I have all these principles. Ah, uh, but really, it, none of it matters, you know. And uh, anything that would help get me traffic, like if I could get more people to view my beats, I think I would do pretty good. But yeah, I don't get,
1: you know, very many. Well, so people. One of the things it. you'll learn in Russell's book. Uh, one of the things you'll learn is the difference between a blue ocean and a red ocean. So imagine this: like internet just popped up. You know, you remember? You remember when I was making CDs for everybody in town because I was like the first CD burner? Yeah. Dude, if I had the brain I had now, there's so much stuff that if I had the brain that I have now, I would literally have become like a millionaire in high school, okay? Like if I just had half of what I know now, I would have been so cuz I was doing all this computer stuff, no one was doing it, but when that came out, you know, Napster, I had Napster, oh, and I had dial-up internet. That's my one limiting thing, like if I could have got it faster, but but I was selling CDs for like 10 to 20 bucks. Right. And uh and so like it was a blue ocean back then, but then I think you're the next person that got a CD burner and then someone else got a CD burner. Now everyone's got a CD burner and it's, no one needs me to burn them CDs anymore because everybody has them. And so that's what you call a red ocean. All right. So the blue ocean, you know, you can put a lure in the water and catch fish every cast because the fish have never seen nothing. But then all of a sudden the water gets muddied up or bloodied up because all these other fishermen come in They're like, Oh, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. And so now everyone's doing it. And so in order to really break out in a red ocean, you have to identify a unique uh, opportunity and create your own sub blue ocean outside of the red ocean, right? So beats is like a big red ocean. And, if, and, 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 you know, it's funny cause everyone in our little town we grew up in would probably make fun of you for making beats. Oh, he's, he's wise. he Shouldn't be a rapper or whatever. But what kills me about that type of scarcity uh, and limit, it's called scarcity mindset. Uh, my mom, when I first started my own business, I was working at Realms Ford and Norman pay, making like a $2,000 a month guarantee plus commission. But the plus commission wasn't happening because we had to uh, make up to your guarantee at first. And dude, there was a recession. Like gas was $4 a gallon. It's cash for clunkers. Like it, we, we weren't selling that much. Right. And so um, when I quit that job and went out, um, she was like, oh, my gosh, please go back your job back. It's 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 safe. It's comfortable. It's you know, it's guaranteed you, you're you got a guarantee 2000 a month. That's good money. I was like, Mom, I, I pay my, my apartment. I pay my rent or my uh, my car payment, my insurance, a little bit of food. And I'm really getting tired of ramen noodles. So, like, I, I mean, I'm not making like the only way I was actually keeping ahead was because I was in the Marine Corps Reserve. That extra three hundred twenty seven dollars a month was coming back like good for me like that was doing really good like that was keeping me afloat like without that I don't know what I'd, I'd have figured something out Um like back then that's when I really started digging because it was like the it was like the marine corps I had no free time like the car business totally like robs you of your free time uh it's an insane weird schedule and so I would go to Barnes and Noble and I couldn't even buy a book I was so broke so what I would do is go to Barnes and Noble and just like read a book I put a like a like on, on motivation, success, whatever, just something in that business category. And then I would like put it at the back of the shelf with a bookmark and I would go back like the next day and just read it for free at Barnes & Noble. And um, that's what I was doing. That's how I started, you know, figuring out my way. But um, it, it's just crazy what what you can do. Like, when, And, you know, if you get out of that scarcity mindset. And when I took the leap of faith, I mean, the second time I took a leap of faith was when I kind of supercharged what I was doing. My brother – he got me a job at Walmart Distribution Center, and I was making $16, $17 an hour, which, you know, is pretty good money, especially for a young kid, like 23 years old, 22, something like that. But I already had this side business going on, and I would make anywhere from 2000 to $4,000 a month. Um, but I was – and I was making, oh, gosh, $1,800 a month or 2000 after taxes, something like that at the, at the Walmart Distribution Center working like – I think it was – Saturday, Sunday, Monday was my shift, so it was like a full week, but in the weekend. And I was going to OCCC up in up in Oklahoma City. Well, I started realizing, you know, a that I have potential with this business thing, and b, uh, I, it was like I don't know. I woke up one, well, one weekend, the area supervisor brings me into his office. He's like, "Hey, we just want to say your productivity is really good. I know you're a marine, so I think that's why you're doing so good. But man, this is you're doing really good work." And Honestly, you can slow down if you want because we don't even need you to be this productive until you know about three or four months from now, so um a lot of guys get going it's too easy and they leave, and we want you to stay like we can see potential here and and uh and I was like, oh thank you sir you know hey, how you like the work oh, I love the work it's it's I really like it a lot it's keeping me shape blah blah blah. and then uh he's like what do you what do you do outside of here and and you know I told him some stuff I was doing and I was like, you know honestly, um sometimes I make you know the fifteen hundred dollars a month I make here i sometimes I make that in a day." I was like, I make that another day, right? And I, it hit me. It hit him. He his eyes got big. He goes, really? He, he, and I said, yeah, but but man, here it's guaranteed money, and that that could be up and down, and, and and plus this has got really good benefits. I Have none there, and well, I've got the Marine Corps, I've got insurance there, but but still, I mean, I I, I want a future, I want a career. And I was like reverse selling myself. He's like looking at me, kind of cr- like I was crazy a little right. bit, like either a I'm lying or b I'm dumb, one of the two. Right, but, probably that you're lying. <laughs> Well, he's like, we could see you being a manager and, and <laughs> you know, trying to do the whole thing. And, uh, and Walmart's a great company. I will never knock anyone for working at Walmart. Freaking amazing organization. Like, they have so many opportunities for advancement. Like, I love when I see people complain about what Walmart store workers get paid because I'm like, you're an idiot. They have literally so much advancement opportunities uh, that someone with no, you know, education whatsoever can can end up making six figures in no time. Like, it, it's a really, really good company. Um, I think it's probably if
0: you're young and hungry, just as a side tangent, because my grandma worked there for like 25 years or something, and she had always said that uh, before Sam Walton died, it was a great place to work. They had such a great atmosphere. But then after Sam Walton died, it just got very corporate, which I think for someone like her who saw it before, like she would complain. But I think if you were young and you understood the way the world works now, you could play the you could game the system. That makes sense. sure.
1: Sure. Yeah. And that, and it comes down to ambition. I mean, most people want, I've heard a lot of people talk and, and what I can't stand, like I'm a veteran. I cannot stand seeing um veterans complain about, we need more benefits for veterans. I'm like, holy cow, dude, we get free healthcare through the VA, um, which is huge. That's massive. Okay. And we earned it. I mean, I, I don't disagree at all. We freaking earned that. But um like, I've got a bulge disc in my lower back and it freaking sucks, dude. Like I'll be like, that's why i got fat because like i I had an injury when i was in the marine corps with that back and it just when it wants to slip out i mean i'm i'm worth Yo, it. dude i i have a bad back too so i get it <laughs> you get it stupid man it sucks like i, like, um, I can but, go tubing
0: uh, or four wheeling and it's all fine but like i just turn the wrong way one day and all of a sudden i'm out for like a week it's like sorry i turned the yeah. wrong way
1: yeah <laughs> dude we were at elmore city with my little brother came home on leave he's in the marine corps come home on leave and um, we went to Elmore City to play with my older brother, and dude, I did like a layup, and I just barely turned something weird and tweaked it out, and I was I was out for a few days, and, and it was bad. Like it's level ten when it happens, but right. so dumb. But um, but I just get tired of people. Any anybody really just like, like I was at Bass Pro shop. And this guy was cussing. I mean, at, older guy, probably could be Vietnam era uh, type of guy, uh, but he had you know veteran hat and all that stuff, and and he was he was cussing this girl. Well, that's fucking bullshit. We're goddamn veterans. And you, you used to do 10%, which wasn't even that much. Now you only do five. That's motherfucking travesty. And I freaking, I, I, I mean, I, I said, sir, excuse me. He said, sir. He goes, no, sir, me. I said, hey, fuck you, sir. I'm a United States Marine. Fucking, you're going to stop talking to this girl like this. You understand that? And he, I just, I lit into this guy. Like I had him, I was like, parade rest, motherfucker, which is like, I don't know if Reds like where you put your hands behind your back and you listen to the person talking to you. But I made this old man getting in pray to Reds. <laughs> and I was like, you self-entitled son of a bitch. They don't have to give you a dollar or a percent or anything. It's out of the kindness of their freaking hearts. And I bet are you 100% disabled? He said, like, yes, sir, I am. I said, all right, shut your mouth. I said, you're 100% disabled, so you don't pay taxes, okay? So you're getting tax-free plus 5%. I said, take it and fucking leave. And you apologize to the girl. Because, I mean, it was just bull crap. Like, Bass Pro Shop doesn't have to give you a – anything. It's a thank you for, for your service. And, and there's a lot of veterans. So like literally bash pro shop Cabela's gives you 20, 30, 40% off. They're going to really hurt their margins. I mean, it's, they're there to make business. And I think people complaining about companies making a profit is just, is stupid because like literally if you had that job or you were in that position, you would, you would take the pay too. Right. Especially a company
0: like that, that I bet has an initiative to hire veterans and all kinds of, you know, like I bet yeah
1: so it I'm I'm not saying that everything like the VA their healthcare sucks like that's something you want to complain about complain about veterans dying in the line at healthcare I'm fine with that but my point is when people like there's never well people in general I mean I'm just using veterans because I am one that's one I can identify with but like I'm not saying we don't try to be better as Americans as people but like all I'm saying is like I've been to third world countries and like the people I mean life is not like we have it so good like it's uh, it's funny when people tell me like, oh, I really wish I could have lived in the 1800s. It would have been so cool. <laughs> no, I'm like, no. okay, if you have a toothache. They pull it out, and all you get <laughs> is whiskey. Like I don't think you understand how painful that would be. Yeah. Like it is literally the best time in the history of the world to be alive. Like it is the best time in the history of the world. And, um, you know, so I just – I don't know. I've had – I just perspective though. You can't – I don't try to knock people too hard, and that's why I like the political stuff. I don't get like when someone differs with me in a political opinion, I don't get mad at them and and hate them. Like I' so annoyed by people getting upset with you know, political stuff. Right. Because like they've got their worldview of why they look at something, and uh, fighting with them about it's not going to change anything. Like it's you know my only my only thing to everyone is quit your bitching because we live in the best time ever. Yes, we should work toward always make it better, but like we need to count blessings every now and then because freaking we've got it good. Like we've got it way too good. Like I right. promise you.
0: And one, there's like a handful of people I know that I could probably sit and argue slash talk politics with it. Disagree with me. Um, and it's somewhat constructive, but normally in today's day and age, it seems like it's not because everyone comes in with their, like they already believe what they believe And then you believe what you believe, and then y'all will each give your point. And then even if you convince someone they can't admit it at that moment, they have to like wait. (laughs) And then it's like a year later, they're like, over time, I've slowly convinced myself that this is my new perspective, (laughs) (laughs) which is fine. You know, it's pride or whatever. Um, And and I'm the same way. I'm not even going to act like I'm completely different. I'm sure I'd do the
1: same thing, but – Uh, It's funny. It's just funny. That's the point where human beings, we're not perfect. And that's my whole thing. And pride, I'm so glad you said that word because, like, I'm on a pride kick. Like, I'm all about human pride right now. And, like, because, like, if I tell you, Aaron, you're wrong, like, you're you're totally wrong about that. And let's say you are or you're not, but let's say it doesn't matter if you are or you are wrong. Just the fact that I said you're wrong, it will trigger something of a defense. And my point is why? Like, why do we get defensive when we think we're told we're wrong? Because why is it like – like it's almost like it physically hurts someone like as if a baseball bat or a knife is struck. And I don't understand why. I mean I it, I, I think I get it, but I, I don't understand why I guess because because it's like there's nothing actually happening to you. Like it's not it, – it's, and I understand why. I mean it's in you – it's literally the croc brain. It's like the the uh, central limbic system. They call it a croc brain. I don't remember what that's called. Uh, it's the thalamus. It's like the lowest – It's basically the lowest – like you got three different systems in your brain, like the croc brain, the limbic system, and then the – no, gosh thing. Hang on. I'm looking up something because I want to see this. Yeah, speaking of what you're talking about, like it's it's very
0: apparent in my job, right? So like my day job, I do some tech work on computers. um, And there's one guy who's like our network guy, and I don't know a whole lot about networking stuff. So if I say something to him and he's like, no, you're wrong, I normally don't argue. I'm like, oh, okay. But if it's the guy who has the same position as me – and he tells me I'm wrong on something I know I'm right about, I'll get defensive. You know what I mean? You're like, I think it's, if you think you know that already, you get more defensive. Like, for instance, like, I think I know quite a bit about beat making. So if you were like, no, bro, you need to do this and this, I would get defensive. But if it was about...
1: that's your your expertise. Like, that's your thing.
0: Right. But if it was about fishing and me, you know, you fish more than me, but we both fished our whole life, I'd be like, oh, yeah, probably, man. That's probably a good point. You know, I don't think I'd be as defensive about it.
1: So... So what I'm what I'm talking about is, and this is I just pulled up an image on Google, but it's like the brain stem. It's like where you where your survival's at. It's the first thing. It's like the gut reaction. It's like the it's the croc. The way I call it the croc brain because it's literally fight or flight, right? Right. And then the next next system up is the limbic system, and it's the emotional. That's where we, you know, I don't like my feelings. Like, oh, oh my gosh, you hurt my feelings. Am I loved? Like that's that's where your emotions come from. And then above that is the uh, prefrontal lobes or the uh, neocortex. Which is your executive state. And that's where you got logic. That's where logic happens. So it's almost like if you can ascend, like literally when I'm trying to process things, I will try my hardest to go through a series of thoughts that elevates me to the limbic system or the, I'm sorry, the the neocortex because the, the, the croc brain and the uh the limbic system, the emotional, those are where we we get screwed up. And I think that's where ninety nine percent of people live. I think most people live within the brainstem and the limbic system. And if you can just literally transcend into your into your prefrontal lobe of your brain and just think with logic, okay, you know, pros and cons, like Benjamin Franklin style, like like okay, winning this argument on Facebook with a guy that is it sometimes like sometimes I'll get into one. And there's there's battles that I'll pick and I'll just go ahead and be an absolute asshole because like like this General Solomani dude I know the guy we killed I know uh, he was like in charge of uh, the, the thing called an EFP it's an explosively formed uh, penetrator it, it's an impro- improvised exp- it's an ID right a bomb a roadside bomb but it's smart like instead of just being a wide blast it forces the blast into what's called a cone right. a cone shaped blast and when it goes into it pierces body uh uh armor on vehicles and but when it goes inside it just bounces around inside the vehicle and absolutely destroys the inside of the vehicle and everyone and everything in it. And uh you know I, when I was in Iraq um I had some buddies that were uh in a convoy and uh and I wasn't they weren't with my unit but we went to uh the, the one that died uh we went to boot camp I'm pretty sure I think we were in boot camp together and we went to our um MOS school together and then so I knew him and he, he had a twin brother and then another buddy of mine was in the, actually in the, um, the gunner seat, which is the, you know, the gun above the Humvee, but it just, it absolutely obliterated him mean, as the biggest, at the time it was the biggest EFP that ever exploded in Iraq. And even then, like this is, this was not common knowledge. Um, you know, my buddies that told me, uh, you know, cause I just happened to run in some, some buddies that were in that unit, um, at the, at the, at the, uh, at the Chow Hall or the PX? and the PX on the base. You heard of Al-Assad uh, base that was just attacked. Yes, like by and like the counter. That's where I was at. Like there, I was stationed there. And so it's funny. I'm like, oh, everyone knows where I was stationed now because I've told people that base and they're like, oh, I've never heard of that. Well, they Everyone knows it now. But um, I was at the PX. Like there, I could show you exactly where we were at when he told me. Is and um and he's like, did you hear about what happened? I was like, no, and it sucked. But he and then he says, yeah, man. Like what we're finding out is like this the biggest type of bomb. Like it's a new type of bomb. Uh, they're calling it EFP, um, and it's manufactured in Iran. This is 2007, and this is, like, not common knowledge that Iran was w- – it wasn't, like – I mean, it's, it was known within the ranks, but, like, it's not common public knowledge that Iran was funded terrorism. And so, like, this General Soleimani guy was literally directly responsible for – like, he didn't plant the bomb, but he was in charge of that whole program of armed insurgents. And so, fuck that guy. Like – Anyone who, like, sympathizes or say we shouldn't have done that, like, I'll, that's where I'll go down to the freaking crock and emotional brain, forget logic. And I'll tell you straight up, fuck you, because this guy, you know, directly r- resulted in my friends being killed and others, um, and he was a bad dude and to go away. So um, stuff like that, yeah, I'll, I'll, I won't be logical. And I'll just be a straight dick. <laughs> right.
0: See, I feel like um, I, I definitely do the whole logical brain thing. Uh, that's probably why I went and got a math degree. You know, a lot of that's very logical, analytical stuff. Um, But I do yeah. feel like I do it too much. Um, Whereas in like, for instance, if we use Iran as an example, I'm an I have to think of both sides too much to where I'm like, well, I guess in like 1940 or whenever it was, we overthrew one of their freely elected leaders and put in our own leader. And that's led to Iran holding resentment to us for 80. Well, they hate us. Right. It's so, like, so like, I can't not think about that, even though it's like, well, who cares? We're team America. You know, like I know like that's probably how it should be.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: And then uh, there's also like, even like for selling beats or anything, like I'm, I'm my own worst critic to the, Because I'll be like, oh, these, you know, part of me is like, oh, these beats are good. I can rap to all of them. I can make a song with any of them. You know, someone else could as well. They might buy it. Here's my prices, blah, blah. And then another part of me is like, well, there's better people. These aren't worth it. You shouldn't even sell. You know, like I I always (laughs) just see the both sides of everything to where it hurts me me a lot.
1: (laughs) So, you know. (laughs) it's funny because people talk a lot of trash in any any circle. I don't care what it is. Like I put this free video up. I I had this thing I was trying to fix on a website. Like basically these these icons weren't loading and it's stupid. Like I could not figure out how. I spent like nine hours researching this and finally just got lucky and came across the answer, which was not obvious. And all you got to do is paste a snippet of this code in your website header and it fixes the whole thing. And I went through – I was like – like you ever try to fix something? You're like, oh, like you're pulling your hair out. You can't figure it out. This is my job Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's what it was. So I found this freaking code and I freaking inserted it, fixed it. So I made a YouTube video about it and a landing page and all this stuff. And people on this video were like, oh my gosh, this was so stupid. Like why couldn't you just get straight to the point and give me the answer instead of making me watch this six-minute video? And I was like, bro, six minutes of your life so I could give you a free answer, take you through my thought process. It took you nine hours. Nine hours that I don't have to tell anybody. I could just go about my life and not put it out here. And he actually, to his credit, ended up coming back and he's like, oh, you're right. Now that I look at it, I'm so, I am apologize. Thank you for the information. But like that's people get on a keyboard and they just they, they go to the crock brain, man. They just attack. And. And um, but but, yeah, you know, Jesus had haters, you know, I mean, Jesus Christ, he had haters, you know, so like the Lord of creation or whatever can't, um, you know, can't get a, get on the earth without people oh. hating on him. Right. And to keep it on just that, if we only keep it at just
0: music, I say this stuff all the time, like you can go on Twitter right now because, you know, I'm on Twitter talking to people about rap music. Half of the people on my friends list hate Eminem. They're like, he's fucking trash. He only sold records because he's white. He's not even that good at rhyming words together. What? And you're like, what the fuck? And then there's other people that are like, Jay-Z's horrible. If Jay-Z wasn't from New York, he would. And I'm like, guys, these are amazing rap. Like, what the fuck are we talking about? So, like,
1: everyone has haters. Like, everyone. Uh, everyone. It is. And the way well, I feel like it is if people if people hate on you, you're doing something right. So, what I finally kind of started doing this, maybe more logical than, um, cause I have people sometimes they're like, well, I know that you have good intentions and you're trying to help people. Cause now I understand what you're saying, but the way you come off is kind of arrogant and an asshole. And what's funny, it, the, it's funny cause a Bible verse comes in my head and the, what comes in my head is like, let he, who has an ear, uh, let him hear. <laughs> it, it's like not even ex- at all what it's saying, but the point is like, I'm I'm putting a message out there. Whoever's gonna listen to it and take it in can take it. And whoever cannot accept it, they can go about their business. Cause I, I can't, I don't have time to sit here and try to cater to everyone. But what's interesting is there's people I argue with and then I piss them off. And then they come back and they're like, oh well, I see what you're saying now. You just need to do it less dickish. I still win because they got the point I was trying to make. But if I try to be all like toe toe tiptoes and like, you know, like soft little pillows and flowers and stuff, it's like it wouldn't it wouldn't come across so it was like look here's my point take it leave it you're good whatever you want to do right and um and I think it's been a more logical way to approach some things because and it's honestly it's a business thing too it's like like I said earlier like traffic plus offer equals profits you're not going to get 100 of it, everybody to convert into a sale like you're just not and, and if in a sale all a sale is, is a transfer of excitement from one party to another. That's it. It's not a dollar thing. It's a transfer of excitement about something to another. Um, And so if you're not going to excite everyone with your offer, and so you can optimize, you know, well, if you have your way, you cherry pick the clients, the the type of person, the personality you're trying to sell to, and you focus on that. And then everyone else that comes into it, either come or bounce, but um, yeah, you can't convert everyone, no matter how good you are. So, the day i'm like hey you know if you don't like it take it Uh, jesus had haters all right so if you have any questions suggestions or corrections please email us at a podcast with mo that is a -A p-o-d-c-a-s-t w-i-t-h-m-o at gmail.com perfect boom
0: And uh, this might be a little personal. We can go into more like, you know, childhood stuff. We wanted to wrap it up. But I do think the biggest difference that I can tell about you from what I remember from you from high school to now attitude-wise, and I think I'm way different too. So, uh, you know, I don't know how, but I'm sure I'm like really different, is you always seem to have almost like a victim complex, but you used to always be like everyone was against you. You always had this whole like, uh, you know, y'all didn't, you know, these people don't like me doing this. And I remember always thinking like, I just thought we, me and you were both kind of normal. Like I didn't think of either one of us as necessarily too crazy one way or the other, but I remember you always felt like people disliked you, if that makes it like you always had that. And I'd always be like, man, I think you're just fucking, I think you're paranoid.
1: (laughs) Well, dude, no, let me bring it full circle. Um, So like I'm by, by default personality, I'm massively introverted. Like like literally, as soon as you start talking, I'm nervous as fuck. Like I'm like literally scared of like who's going to listen to this and what it's going to sound like. I walk into a room full of people and the eyeballs like pierce my soul and I feel like I'm just damned to hell immediately. Like <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, walking to church on Sunday when we were kids and like I felt like everyone was just judging me immediately. So I just had this introvert complex thing going on in it. So get this in, in high school, you know how I would just always get into the people like someone's like you're gay i'm like no right you know, you know like as it, and they're like joking they're like they're trying to like like play with you but right i use I would- a, an
0: example that you would love as well i told this to people all the time as far as how i handled the gay jokes versus like our friend chance in high school right like if someone <laughs> called chance gay he would fucking CG. lose his shit dude he would lose it
1: <laughs> for like two hours and i would be like oh yeah i love sucking dick yeah yeah that's my attitude like nowadays like that's it like that, someone's like yeah you're a fag You like somebody tried doing that to me on the internet one time and i'm like well now that it's out there in the open, you are kind of cute and they're like what right like, i yeah, just think dude, that's funnier that out and
0: our friend dude <laughs> that we went to high school with he was always the one calling people gay right if we're talking about our class so like dude would yeah. call chance gay and chance would freak out and then dude would call me gay and i'd be like oh yeah i love it and then dude would never call me gay again you know, he would no, just he call. You would just call Chance Gay, and then we'd always be like, Chance, just shut the f- quit crying about it. Um,
1: yeah, like literally, if you, the more you cry, and and I wasn't as bad as Chance, but I oh, was no, I no, was no. A couple steps below him, though. You know, and and so, and I admit it. Like, I'm not afraid. Like, there, is there a, a slight pain factor to? And that's the pride thing. Like, there's a okay. slight pride thing where I don't want to admit that I had this problem, and I was like, you know, because because I mean, if you look at me in high school, like. Uh, popular might be a word. Like I mean, everyone knew me, and like I could literally go into any circle and like have a friend there. But at the same time, like you know, I played sports. I was always you know a good athlete. You know, everything everything was good. Like I was successful in everything. Just not at social stuff. Like I wasn't successful getting along with people. I think I get that from my mom because she was like an like a homebody. Never hung out with anybody, and she was always saying, "Eric, what are people going to think about that?" You know, like she was always doing as a little kid. So I think that's where it started with my mother. And I love her. You know, she doesn't know me better. I turned into your mom is what happened.
0: What's (laughs) that? So I've turned into your mom. Uh, (laughs) I try to explain (laughs) to people how I was in like every extracurricular activity. And that that was halfway friendly. You know, I wasn't like the meanest person. And my college friends or adult friends are like, there's no way. Like you're so mean and introverted. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Be like, hey, you know, because I got tired of y'all. that's why I got arrested. But, um,
0: I got arrested. What happened? And uh, I was like, shit. All right, I'm a home. I'm just sticking to myself.
1: You calm the freak down. Is what you did. You're like, hey, I don't want to do that again. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. So, full. So, I'm in high school, and I get I get in trouble. Now, when I would go to like church camp or like basketball camp or away from Morika, I get along with people. So, so I am. I leave and I go to boot camp, and I'm a leader. I'm in charge. I'm a squad leader. Everyone liked me. I was I was just you know one of the dudes, right? And then I get to my MOS school in back in Oklahoma, and I'm treated like shit. And it, and I so now I'm back to the whole warica thing. I'm like, oh, I'm back in Oklahoma. Well, then I get to my unit, and they treat me like shit. And so I'm not getting along with them. And we go to Iraq, and I, dude, I'm I, like, I'm constantly getting in trouble because I'm like not like I like looking back. I, I made this big big mistake. Like I had a girlfriend I met at like Texas Roadhouse, and so I would go hang out with her. That- and they're like. Hey, I met uh, when you
0: were in the military. I remember seeing you once. You and Mike, and you had like an Asian girlfriend.
1: That was the Asian girlfriend. Dude, she oh. was awesome. She was after Iraq. Um, oh. This girl was was before Iraq, and she actually like cheated on me and like quit, like like left me while I was in Iraq. Like it was a bad deal. Oh, the typical military girlfriend I see. <laughs> typical military girlfriend, Jody. Jody back home, he got her. <laughs> I mean, she's a sweet girl. I think uh, you know to to give her a little credit. I think she was just. Uh, going through a find herself phase in her life, and and yeah. you know she was just you, know, and she had this friend. If I blamed anything, I blamed this friend of hers that like was like, you don't deserve to be treated like that. And I was like, treated like what? Well, so she would call me like if I got a chance to call back home, and then she would just go through this whole like. Like how her how bad her day was and all this stuff and it was like mediocre stuff like I went to class and it was so stressful and I was like fuck your stress you know, it's <laughs> like <laughs> and that so I probably you know kind of probably uh, handled some things not you know as good because but I was like I don't want to hear your complaints like you should say what I went through today like yeah. whatever but uh, but but anyway so anyway her friends like you don't deserve that blah blah and anyway it is what it is. Um, so, but anyway, so I, I, so I hung out with her instead of the guys. And so I didn't build that, that bond, that first initial buddy bond. I try to like run from them. Like, okay, I'll be, be with y'all at work. Once we're done with work, like I'm, I'm out. Like I don't want to hang out with y'all. And so I, I kind of ostracized myself again. Like kind of like I would do in high school, same thing. So then I, so then I get there. So I'd do all that, get in trouble all the time in the Marine Corps, have friends, but you know, it's just like, it's just exactly like high school, same stuff, different, different place. So now I'm like, kind of got a taste of. Well, okay, and then I go back to from Iraq, I discharge, and I start working in the car business when I was a reservist again. Or well, for, for the first time, like because uh, I went to boot camp training and then straight to Iraq. And then when I got back from there, I was in a reserve. So I had to get a job I'm like part time marine, you know, and I'm in the – the got get a job. And what do you guess what happens? You may guess what happens next? I start getting into it with people at work. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm getting into arguments this point, you know, and I would always find little things like, Oh, you don't like Marines or you don't like this or like one boss. When I finally quit, um, this boss, uh, I had the two week thing we do in the summer, the two week training. I came back and he was like, if I could fire you for being gone for two weeks, I would. And, and he's like, I freaking hate that shit. I was like, Oh, you don't support the Marines. He's like, no fuck the Marines. He actually said that. And I was like, all right, let me make your, and rather than smash your face in and get in trouble for assault. Let me just, Make your life uh, better. I quit. And that's when I quit and started a business and, and life was better ever since. But um, I was already kind of planning this thing anyway. I just had to had to freaking hustle. And right. that's what happened. But um, but I started looking back and I'm kind of butthurt. Like I was I was depressed a little bit. I was like, oh my gosh, look at – I'm like everywhere I go, everyone hates me. It's like this big – like everyone – back then is MySpace. I feel like they put a bulletin out and they're like, hey, hate on Eric. I'm like, what the freak? And I'm like, why does the universe hate me? And then something logical kicked in. I don't know what, man, call it God, call it something, but something logical kicked in. And I was like, there's no possible way that everywhere I go, everyone doesn't like me. OK, there's no possible way. The only thing in common with everywhere I go is me. So then I get depressed because I think I'm a bad person. Right. I'm like, oh, I'm a bad person. Man, that's what it is. I suck, you know, and then some more logic kicked in. I was like, no. You get along with some people and some people you don't. So let's just analyze this. There's, I, I found a video or a write down or something. If I can find that, it's super personal. It's like a video journal, but if I can find that thing again, I'll freaking play it because it's like me going through this, working through this, like, uh, you know, what is it that, you know, here's some goals I have and to, you know, quit, you know, get along with people and make, you know, people quit, um, hating me. Well, anyway, so I finally figured out that it wasn't everybody. It's actually me. I'm like, okay, what am I doing different? And then I met this guy, he's real sociable, and I'm like, if I just be like Kenny, like my friend Kenny, if I just be like Kenny, everybody likes Kenny, I'll be fine. And uh, so I started just picking up attributes of Kenny, and and there's confidence. And, and so he told me, he's like, man, there's times I'm scared as hell as people, so when I'm scared of them, I just try to make them laugh, or I try to, you know, just get in somehow until I'm not scared no more, and that's what I do. I just I just suck it up until I'm not scared. It's like dancing. He's like, I suck at dancing, but I'll go dancing until i got enough beer in me or something, and then, you know, it's, it's fun. I was like, "Holy crap!" So I, I took on that attitude. Um, as I got better at sales, it opened me up to people, and I started realizing I'm actually pretty good at communicating with people. And uh, and then as I do more personal development, I start realizing that uh, man, I was just introverted. Man, that's all I, I had an introvert personality, a big one, and I still have that, but I'm able to replace it with, you know, well it's more fun when you walk into a room and everybody loves you. So like don't, and the key to it is just, well, there's a friend, uh, there's a book. I thought it was so dumb when they made me read it, but it's called, uh, how to win friends to influence people. And I thought, Oh my gosh, this is stupid. It's I've, sappy. Yeah, I've heard but it. it's actually one of the most brilliant, like business books ever made. Like if someone's trying to sell and all you learned was that book. I've read it like five times and it, and, like it says things like the name is the sweetest sound in any language. Right. So if you get someone's name, right, like, when I meet foreign people, like I get, I get along really good with foreign people because I take time to learn their name and I and I take time to listen to them. I don't just you know get pissed off because they sp- can't speak English good. So I'm always really kind, you know, just loving to people. And so literally just taking an interest in other people, hearing what they got to say, and uh, remember their name, like just simple things like that, and you're 99 percent there and and actually giving like care about the human being in front of you. And that becomes a friend and a friend becomes an asset, man. Like that's, that's what I've developed over time is a lot of assets in the former friends and, um, man, it, not in day from high school. Like right. I, I love talking about it because there's someone out there that is like, I don't know, scared of life or scared of people. And, and I promise you, these people aren't that scared. What's crazy is people are actually just as introverted as you. Like I, I've met some of the most successful multimillionaire people like you would ever meet. And you have no clue. Russell Brunson, uh, he's the guy I was talking about. He gets on stage talks and, He's a big introvert. I mean, it's it's right. very common, and so I think it's I think it's just a human condition. It's a it's honestly a pride thing though, because like literally, what does it matter what someone thinks about you? So when you said pride, man, that triggered me. Right. Well, <laughs> like and that's a that's a I think like a topic. a couple
0: things. Uh, I think a big deal, and maybe this is like stupid, and it's probably like not PC or whatever, but. We didn't have like girls in our class. I mean, we did. We had like non girls in our class or something, right? <laughs> and that was it. And we didn't right? date any of them. Now, uh, even like the quote unquote attractive guys in our class, you know, like they didn't date girls in our class either. They went to like they dated people in other towns. Walter, and I feel like Duncan, me yeah. and you, uh, for whatever reason, we weren't the meet people in other towns type of people. So I, I mean, I freely mean like I didn't date
1: anyone in high school. You know that girls weren't into me like that. And I used I usually say it's because I was fat or whatever, but. It's semi-untrue for me. Um, I, I did the dating girls, other town type of thing, but I was really quiet about it because I cared too much about people making fun of me. Right. Like, um, and I didn't have like a ton of girlfriends or whatever, but like I would, I would every now and then have a girlfriend. And, and uh, it's funny because like how I'd meet them was like MSN messenger. Like, right. <laughs> I don't even remember that, but that was our, that was our text well, messages back in the
0: day. I'm comparing it also to like one of my best friends in high school is Justin Boone, right? And he was having sex oh. with a different girl like every week. And then, so like. Yeah, he was, he was. So for me to see that and then me be like, no girls like me, you know, like that would make me depressed all the time. And then when I got to college, even I was like, I don't know. And then also I really enjoy marijuana, you know, and now that it's medically legal here in the state and I can get it, um, that's changed my life. Like I became introverted because I couldn't have anyone know that. Right. I'm like, yeah. I can't trust anyone and everyone judges me. And even though you can have whatever thought you want about people that use that sort of stuff, um, I, you'll never convince me someone who smokes pot on a daily basis is worse than someone that drinks alcohol on a daily basis. I've just met those
1: people. I was in a fraternity. I I've seen that. So uh, I just was like, well, I I've can't- seen a lot of good come from it. Um, I've seen a lot of good come from it. I've seen people that have a really bad anxiety. I've seen them, you know, just stay calm. I've seen people and. I mean, look, dude, what kills me is about most people that would argue, especially probably more churchy people who would argue against marijuana. Um, those people have a ton of, of narcotics from the doctor right? And, and like just a whole box of pills. But it's somehow OK because the doctor said it's OK. And and what ki- what kills me is they'll abuse pain pills. They'll, they'll do all this stuff and they'll literally destroy their body. And I'm pr- like, yeah, maybe you have some some smoking issues in your lungs from, uh from smoking weed cuz it's it's just smoke right maybe that's that is a side effect but it's got to be better than cigarettes dude cigarettes have freaking rat poison in them bro right. like they put they put rat poison in them because the rat poison is actually a blood thinner and it thins out your blood so that it helps get the nicotine into your into your system better like so <laughs> they put rat poison in your cigarette so that you'll get nicotine intake better so that you'll want more cigarettes but that's okay that's right. legal that's that's within the law but man this 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 leaf we want to smoke and just make me happy because I'm a miserable person. Like, no, you are a sinner and going to hell and a. Have- and, and like you're bad right. and you're the so horrible. And that
0: was a big part. I mean, you bringing up the Christian thing, like I'm not very religious these days, but I was, you know, in high school, if you'll remember, I went to church, enjoyed it, all that. Uh, I remember getting arrested in college, my freshman year, going and trying to talk to the church in Warwick, And they were just like, you're a piece of shit for doing drugs, you know? And there was no oh. ifs, ands, or buts about that. And so it's like, well, then fuck y'all. That was really my first kind of <laughs> like, get
1: wh- into
0: him. right. So I was like, well, I'll figure this out on my own or whatever. And. Uh, I get it was illegal and blah, blah, blah. And I, I've done all kinds of stupid shit, you know, besides but, Um, But it has helped that some of that stigma's off of it. So um, I feel like I could be more comfortable. Right. But like there is
1: plenty of times the, where I just. Well, my favorite thing is people that I've seen come uh, like, like partake in it or whatever. Like they get the medical card and now they're doing it. I've seen some of the biggest critics that would talk so much trash about you or somebody. And now they do it. And it just I just that's the kind of stuff I can't stand. It's just a hypocrisy of like, well, dude, I mean, you can, okay. Like you can look down on somebody for what they do. Cause like you can say, man, I just don't agree with the way that person lives their life. And that's, I think it's okay. I think you should be able to do that. I don't think you should be mean about it. And I don't think you should judge and talk gossip and do all that stuff. But if you just, you can avoid somebody, if you disapprove of their lifestyle, but the way people stigmatize and like, like, dude, I'm, I'm not gay. I'm not going to be a transvestite or is right. weird stuff. I, I think it's so weird. So I really don't want to hang out with somebody that does all that. Now I've got friends that are gay. Like that's, that's cool. But as uh, a matter of fact, I did a video about the other day on Facebook live. I was like, I was at Sonic and this is, I think high school or college kid. He was like, he was like, okay guys have a nice day. Like, are you okay? Like he was just freaking flamboyant and, right. and girly about it. And I was like, okay, if you want to be gay, 2020 it's totally okay like you can do whatever you want i'm not gonna judge you for it but what i will judge you for is why do you guys sound like a girl why can't you just be a dude about it like yo bro like well, cuddle <laughs> like well there it, are those types opinion, but like what's that
0: i said i think there are those types and i think those types are attracted to his top and that's why they're all playing a role um I <laughs> I just think you should be allowed to make fun of him for being flamboyant without it having anything to do with his sexuality cuz like we're saying there are multiple ty- like I do think people that are overly flamboyant it it doesn't make me uncomfortable Dude, it's just, like, it's just like
1: what it's just like someone right it's just like a redneck person that tries to talk redneck like they try to be as like redneck sounding as they possibly can it's like it's like when you it's like when you okay my favorite thing is in high school you know you have like the nonconformists like the people who are like Oh, I'm so depressed like I'm wearing black. But you all I'm must like, wear I don't, black. I'm, I know if you want to be in our group. Yeah, the whole South Park thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm like you. Literally, are a, non, a conform. You're, non-conformists are conforming to the non Like you just picked a group. That's all you did. Right. So like, I just love that type of thing. But I, I, don't know, man. Like, I think, I think, I think, yeah, I think I should be able to be like, that's funny, dude. Like, uh, you know, if you want to dress like a lady, like, whatever. I, I should be allowed to be weirded out by that. Be kind to the person, I should be nice to them. I should be like, hey, um, dude, la- lady, like I'm confused. Like, I'm confused. Okay, they're confused about their sexuality, and so am I. Okay. I should not be like, like in trouble for being also confused. <laughs> like, you know, what I mean, like, like, let's just be keep it real. Like, everybody have their thoughts, and but just be nice, be nice to people. If I think it's weird, it's cool. I'll still shake your hand. I won't be like, No, I'm not touching you, queer. Like, I ain't I ain't being one of those rednecks, but I think it's weird. No, I'm not gonna do that. But like, I, I mean, I, I I knew this dude that was a lady dude had boobs and everything and like estrogen and all stuff and uh, he was funny. dude. She whatever was funny. I can't say I can't say she when there's a thing hanging. Like I just can't do it. It's it's my. That's my decision. I don't know. But I was nice to the person. Like I was like – you know, I was was friendly. And the fact that it just – I don't know. People try to force – everyone tries to force their thoughts on you no matter what it is. Like if you're religious or not religious. My, Hey, this is going to blow your mind because I know how you like to think deep. Like what I like to say is this, okay? Atheists who believe in the Big Bang and Christians believe in the exact same thing. Their logic is both equally flawed. Here's why. I've actually
0: said this on this podcast before, so we're on – we're good.
1: (laughs) Dude. Dude, so like atheists believe there's nothing, and then boom, there was something. They call it bang. Christians believe there was nothing, and then let there be light, there was something. It was God speaking. Okay? Both of them agree that they believe that what was there, like the matter or the God, was always there, right? It just always was. Basically, Christians would call it omnipotence. Like God was always present, never has a beginning or an end. He was just there. And so both of them agree on the exact same thing. They just have a different mechanism, and, and both of them are both equally flawed. Like both of them are. Like you can't prove either one, Well, right? right. You can make conjectures, and, and you can take a picture of the universe and see it expanding and talk about the expanding theory. But like it's still theory, right? It's like we can't go back and Well, the and theory of gravity is
0: just a theory, but we know it's real. So I mean just saying it's a theory is not quite Dude, enough either. A
1: friend, of mine, a friend of mine is super religious. He had a really good uh, argument the other day. He said, you know, you know how you can tell God exists? He said, just like dark matter, you can you can measure his influence. I was like, "Huh?" well, I mean, it's that's that's witty. But, right. As, uh, as yeah, a as
0: not, a note, I, so. I completely agree with you. I say all the time, like it takes just as much faith for you to believe God just existed here and made everything. As it as for you to think that there was all the matter in the world was in a the size of a pen and just exploded and became what everything is. Yeah, I mean, we both I've said both this live
1: by faith. Check this out. It goes even deeper. Both of them live by faith in words written by men they've never met. For sure. But I think the big difference
0: here is you're just talking about the creation. Um, And I could normally get behind, like, if you want to say God exists, you know, and he's there or whatever, that's fine. Um, Being omnipresent, as you say. And then there's the other two things. It's God is omnipresent, omni-something, and omni-something else. Um, I just don't believe in the judge part. You know, I just – it's really hard for me to – and now I get different readings and different teachings, and people are gonna contact me and be like, quit being an atheist or an agnostic, whatever <laughs> the fuck I am. Um, I just whatever, like, but, uh, we so confused we've seen the world and it's like it's just not correct to be like if you pray and you're a good person, good stuff's gonna happen to you And then people will be like, well, of course that's not that's not what the Bible says. So I'm like, okay, but that's what the fuck you believe every day like the things a lot of times that people preach and the things that you can tell people really do believe. And then whenever you question on it, they're like, well, I don't really believe that. Cause that's not the literal text. I'm like, but you do believe it. Cause I can see you live it. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I'm just like, I just don't think there's a judge. And if it's a judge afterwards and he lets kids get raped or starve and it's all for fucking a test of something, I don't know. I just can't get behind it. It makes me feel like I'm a better person than this God would be because I couldn't allow that to happen. And then, you know, I'm sure that leads into all kinds of other ethical arguments of like, well, he's doing it because be like global. I'd be a
1: horrible god, I'd be smiting everybody. I'm right. like, oh, you drug
0: bastard! It'd be like the Bruce Almighty <laughs> movie or whatever. He's like just answering yes to all the prayers. You know, like <laughs> they all win the lottery. I yeah. don't fucking
1: know. Um, like yes, like <laughs> you know what? But what I like about you that the average person doesn't have, and and I'm, uh, you know, the problem with me. Okay, so when I say, do I believe in God or do I not? I can't not believe in God. And Here's why. I can't not believe in God because I see so much systems in in, in design in the universe. I can't see. There, there's that, a that thing to me
0: proves th- the other part though. When everyone's like, "Oh, a cell looks like the universe. It's God." I'm like, to me, that proves the other theory. I don't
1: know. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's like a car. I mean, I jump in my truck and it, and I turn the ignition, and it has a a, a a system and a purpose and a design. Like somebody built that, it didn't just like like billions of years, everyone explains stuff in science, like with billions of years and because of billions of years, there things fall into play and it was slow. I'm like, okay, when that, um, you know, the frog or whatever the frigate was, <laughs> the, the, the first thing that jumped out of the water and took a breath at what point did it decide it needed a lung and how, cause I mean, if it had jump a fish jumps out of water, it can only you know breathe for so long. And, and there's another thing it's called irreducible complexity. It's an argument against, uh, Uh, I guess evolution, and it's like what uh, what comes first in the like your inner ear. They use the ear because it's a really good example. Um, It's called an irreducible system, like you irreducible complex system. Like you can't if you reduce it down to basic components, you can't have like an ear without certain systems. For example, you get your eardrum, and then behind that there's a cochlea and an anvil. And like the anvil like beats up against your drum and the cochlea touches these little hairs and those hairs send signal to your um, – or the stirrup and anvil. That's what it is, stirrup and anvil. And it, and it basically makes vibrations goes in your brain and is interpreted as a sound like what we hear right now, right? And so if you reduce the, the, the stirrup, then you don't get that part. And if you use the anvil or the eardrum, you don't get that part. So which came first, the eardrum or even better, the ear canal? Like did it have all of that and all of a sudden the ear just opened up? Like how did it know – that it needed a stirrup or an anvil, like it, it was too. It's too smart for it to have just developed over and it right, right. be explained over. Here. The overall theory is the
0: clock. Sense. It's called the clockmaker's theory or the clockmaker fallacy. Something I know what you're. The overall theory. There's a lot of on both sides of it that. You can get Yeah, into. yeah, yeah.
1: And that, I'm interested. That's the thing is most people don't they just want, Oh here's the deal. If you grew up in India, you believe in in uh, in Buddha. You grew up in Iraq, you believe in in Muhammad. You grew up in Israel, you, you believe in uh, Judaism. Not Jesus, but Judaism. You grew up in Dallas, you believe in the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> so like a lot of beliefs is based on where your geography is and, and what the the the, the overall geography you know belief system of that area is. And most people don't want to ask questions. And and Socrates said that the unexamined life is not worth living. And I agree with that so much because I think that people just I don't want to blindly believe just because that's what Warika Oklahoma taught me and that's all there is. I don't want to be stuck there. Now Again, when I look at the systems and, and the way everything's designed, I just can't not see creation. I can't see chance. It's too random. Um, but at the same time when I get back to the Big Bang or the Let there be light, what created the mechanism, which is God or the matter itself? Like? Right. Where did it come from? Like, so we're back at a, we're, we're back at a logical conundrum that we can't solve because we are created. like we are born and we die. We were, we we're stuck in the timeline of... of- right. The the watch the watchmaker's fallacy or whatever,
0: so, it's called something like that. Y'all can find it on YouTube. is more or less yeah, if you walk through a field and you find a watch on the ground, you know someone made that watch. You know, the gold and the gears and the screws didn't just come together and form a watch on its own. You know, it's too complex yeah. for that to happen. But there's an argument, I don't remember, on the other side of like, well, then who the fuck made the watchmaker? You know, like...
1: Yeah. You can just go yeah. forever. So, um... It is. It's something to study on and think about. And I don't think you should just arrive at a conclusion because your mom told you to. I think you should search it. And that's the thing is like, I'm not going to judge someone because they're devout atheist or devout Christian or devout Muslim, devout whatever. I'm not going to judge them for that. I will. If you're Um, a devout anything, I'm I'm, going to judge you. You know what? You should be open minded. By the way, H the Mo is judging devout people. Right. Like. <laughs> I argued I argue with this rapper
0: the other day on Twitter because that me, and he said no one can judge me, and I fucking hate this phrase. And I go wrong, everyone on earth can judge you, you just don't have to care. And they're like, no, bro, yeah. only God judges me, and I'm like, you're so fucking you right dense, you don't even get like what I'm saying. But I'm like, all right, man.
1: Um, uh, I love it though, man. Like it's funny because I think initially when we kind of graduated and we were doing our separate life, I think initially we would clash on pol- political uh stuff or even I just political hated political george W. Bush. i I don't think people What's realize that?
0: I was just one of those kids that hated George W. Bush. like he was such an idiot, and he was so dumb, and then, like he lied about the weapons. and so like I was an impressionable kid, and I was like, he's so dumb. But now I look back and he's like, he was a fun doofus. you know, he was sweet.
1: <laughs> but if it's funny, though, because like, um, you know, it's like it's funny because I like George Bush. So my first gut instinct is to argue that point. And I won't because I love you more than I love George Bush. No, so no, there I, you go. I agree. I'm wrong now. Um, uh, but like I just remember in
0: high school, me thinking he was so that's, dumb. that's where you were like that's just where yeah. I was politically.
1: And, yeah. And so it's it's funny. Hey, anyone who's listening to the WMD thing, like I was in Iraq and a friend of mine that I would smoke with in the smoke pit. Uh, they were doing like some secret squirrel shit. And like uh, they found uh, mustard gas, that was it was uh, manufactured by Iran, and so which was again like what the freak? Well, uh, they end up finding out that some of the WMDs that were reported that George Bush talked about, um, George Bush got on TV and told CNN like everyone, hey, here's the WMDs, dude. They were shipped to Syria, like like Saddam Hussein put them in a in a truck and trucks, and they shipped them over to Syria. And so when we get there and we're trying to find them for it, we couldn't because they're not there. But they existed like there was there was actually stuff there. And so it's I don't I don't know why the they won't come out and just tell you that, because I know that to be 100 percent true. Likely but, story uh, anyway, from the Marine.
0: Own. That's what I What's said. That? It's a likely story from the Marine
1: <laughs> it is what it is. But uh, but either way, like I don't like it's not it's not worth it to sit there and argue whether that's true or it's not true. Like I, that's my my firsthand knowledge, uh, which is secondhand knowledge. And yours is what someone told you in the news, so like or whatever, right? So it's like I didn't see them, you didn't see them, so where? I mean, it's a, it's such a, that's the things people get wrapped up in, in stupid stuff. But I would say that what I was, my point I was getting at was you and I were a polar opposite, and we would, we kind of, I don't know, fell apart for that reason. I think Erin Hall deleted me on Facebook like a long time ago. (laughs) Like she, she blocked me because she's so freaking like, like far left, and um, I'm whatever I, I don't even consider myself far right or right anymore like i like to be an american that's where i that's where i'm at i'm an american but um i vote third party on all the elections so that's what man, i am. that's cool i respect that a lot actually be honest with you
0: and it's um, even if i don't agree for, with them i will just because i think a dual party system is just it's just two people selling you different sides of the same coin man that's
1: where i'm at you know but it is. It's causing so much division. I mean, they're, they're blaming Trump. I'm like, well, what about y'all? Like y'all are just constantly like, so in division. People don't know what the fuck well, Congress is.
0: Like people they, don't get about that. how Congress works. They don't get how Congress is just in there forever, how they actually pass all the laws, how they're actually the ones that make stuff that happen. Like, uh, the president, yeah. like I learned that because um you know and I, I'll take some shit about this from people especially around here. I think Obama seems like a cool dude. Like if I had to choose any president to smoke a joint with, Obama's probably top of the list. I don't know, Bill Clinton's sure, pretty I'll cool too. Them. Um, but like I I learned very quickly, like oh the president doesn't do anything. Like they talk and shit and they try, but like they can't actually do it. And, like, that was my big lesson in college, watching politics, right? Because our first election was, you know, that first Obama election. And so when Trump won and everyone blames Trump for stuff, the same stuff they blamed Obama for, when I'm like, guys, it doesn't – there's no difference. Like, it's Congress. Like, the president can say all he wants. Like, American policy is American policy. Like,
1: yeah, they, were like they were like, they were like, Trump attacked Iran. It's going to get us in a, in a long war. I'm like, um, we've been at war with Iran for- indirectly for like 20 years now. Oh, actually longer than that, like 40 years probably. But um, yeah, Trump started it. You're right. You're right. So, um, <laughs> so, uh, but it, I guess to my, to my point though, was that you and I were so polar opposite. It's so funny. Cause even though we're, we literally lean differently in a lot of areas, the one thing that's super on the same track, you can't argue this at all is that we're hundred percent aligned in the fact that we both ask questions and we don't just accept Whatever status quo is, because it's like we don't. I don't think we lean left or right because we lean left or right. Like if we lean, like I will lean right on this topic, but there's things that are left, and I'm like, man, that's a good point. Like, like, you know, I can't stand Obama or whatever. Man, he's like, I kind of like what he's saying on this deal. I need to, you know, I kind of hope that wish they would figure that out and do that or whatever. So I don't know. I think we ask questions, and uh, and that's what I think. I wish more people would do is just you know seek. Um, rational understanding versus just picking a side, like, oh, Fox News said it. So that's what I'm going to say. And then, and then they don't actually look. Because I'll, I'll watch CNN and other things too. I'll watch them all in a little bit. Like, I don't watch much news, but I'll, I'll right. kind of tune in. Like, I tuned in during the Iran thing. I was like, all right, what happened? I want to know exactly. Because, you know, I'm kind of like, I don't, one hand, I don't want to go to Iran with a war with Iran. I wish we could get out of the Middle East pretty quick. But the other thing is, I know that we need to. Like get they're they're like freaking funding all this terrorism. We really just need to like get rid of them or get like I like what Trump said, dude. People, I, I they they didn't know what how to how to trash talking because literally in his speech the other day he was like he's like I'm standing here and I open we we have an open arm for peace with Iran if they will come into the and with the join the rest of the world they could be very prosperous and have a really strong nation. They have a lot to offer and we welcome you with open arms. He's like, just stop terrorism. And I was like, what? Like, we're not bombing them? <laughs> like, uh, it was cool, man. That was like one of the most measured responses ever, regardless if he wrote it, someone else wrote it. I don't care. He said it, man. And um, and you don't get you don't get to get credit for that. Like no one, no one wants to give credit, but they were stunned for a second. They're like, oh, well, if he wouldn't have shot the guy in the first place, wouldn't be in that situation. I'm like, Dude, they needed to take this guy out like he's bad. But anyway, I like the fact we ask questions. Um, I like the fact that we, um, you know, try to seek understanding and we don't just take bullshit at face value if like we look into it. And, and that's the thing, religious, philosophy, politics. I think more people need to think like us. Don't don't think like us, but just ask questions like us. Is what right. I'm saying. Um, I agree. And I, like, don't get mad at your friends because they have a different opinion. Like, who cares? Like, dude, I know some good people who are like, bleeding heart liberals are like, like the climate and all this other stuff and whatever else. And, and like, they will freaking straight up delete you on Facebook. If you have a different opinion or my favorite lately is like, if you voted for Trump, delete me off your friends there. I said it. I'm like, I'm not letting Trump get in the way of good friendship, like not happening. Yeah.
0: You have a cousin, um, who thinks I'm a conservative and has deleted me three different times. Uh, and I post nothing no. political and <laughs> I like, ever, and, and yeah. they, they like worked at a dispensary. And so I was like, Oh, I'll follow them. You know, that's cool. And then, uh, I guess I shared a meme or something that set them off and they removed me. So I added them again. Cause I was like, well, that's weird, you know? And then they removed yeah. me within a week again. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, and I'm yep. not even conservative, yep. right? Like I'm, I'm pretty, like I said, I'm very libertarian. That's what I like to share memes about. And, uh,
1: people get mad about that and it'll be like oh 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 so you're rand paul rand paul is a libertarian republican so you're right. a republican race you're a xenophobic racist uh yeah whatever insert words like long words that are mean right. like you're a bunch of long words that are mean um and, uh, yeah but yeah so we went really
0: long here so we'll wrap it up uh Come on again sometime, man, if you're in ever interested. I will say uh, we need to go fishing. I haven't went fishing in two years, even though my dad and yeah, my, my parents moved to Warika Lake. like It's like 75 yards from their door, and
1: I still haven't oh. went fishing for two years, so – um yeah we're, we're gonna get on the boat and go fishing that's happening no, we'll, yeah it's gonna be good in spring especially and like yeah we see you that that's overdue for sure that, like, you're like my, literally my oldest friend on the planet so like we've got to reconnect like that's totally
0: right yeah. well and one of the, my favorite memories actually of i think it was our junior year of high school we all had you know vehicles and stuff and me and you and chance and caleb and and justin Boone, us five for whatever reason really got into fishing out of nowhere i'm mean, like we all fished i guess independently but we, like, we started like meeting up after school to go fish at ponds and that was yeah. like a really it was really fun and i tell people that they're like y'all went fishing as like teenagers i'm like yeah dude but it was fucking awesome so yeah um it's a rare thing but fishing's cool i'm not a hunter you know i meet people they're like well how many deer have you killed and i'm like oh i
1: don't i don't do that I just want to go fishing or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I deer hunt a little bit in high school and stuff, but I just can't. I don't know for whatever reason, I don't want to get into it. Like, it, I think it's so expensive.
0: It looks so expensive. It
1: is. Well, I don't even talk about expensive right. hunting <laughs> would save a lot of money, honestly. But um, it can get expensive, and I don't know. I'm just too impatient. And the thing for me is, like, when everyone starts hunting, the lakes get empty, and it's just like you can just own the lake; it's yours. Like, there's not as many, but. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, I, I prefer to fish. I mean, and I don't even hardly keep the fish anymore. I mean, I've got crappie fish. I'll, I'll, you know, eat them, but uh, most of time I just
0: don't. Uh, my best friend in college, Pow Wow, who was earlier you were mentioned, you know, like being around someone who was nice and positive and stuff. Pow Wow was like my dude who was like, man, how does everyone just love him? He's so nice and positive. Um, but instead of me learning from him, I just used him. I just made him be the, the mouthpiece for us as a friendship duo. Uh, but he loves fishing and he can clean a fish and like, like clean and flay a fish in like 10 seconds. So dude, what we need to do so is.
1: Um, go somewhere cool like like broken boat like I could rent a cabin or something and like do it do a weekend thing like that go fishing dude that's that's happening when you get a few people together from our class and I don't know find another boat or something well, and I'm, like just,
0: I'm trying to get Jared to call in next week because he has a TV show coming out so uh, you know maybe <laughs> we'll ask him see what's going on
1: I know Jared's killing it man I'm, <laughs> I'm proud of him he's like finding dinosaur bone like he's doing everything that he was always I like I want to do
0: it's fucking bullshit Love.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah he's, he's he's still ripped uh decently like i got fat like everybody got fat i'm 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 back in the gym though man i'm i'm trying to get it I'll, the- I'll be honest uh the only thing that brings me happiness in my life
0: is the fact i weighed more in high school than i do now uh when i, <laughs> I gra- know, i've seen you when i graduated high school i was up at like 280 now i probably walked around at like 260 but then i started smoking pot my senior year and just started uh Dustin Whitecott, who was this kid we went to school with, he just had a credit him. he had a credit card under his grandparents' name where he could just spend all the money he wanted. So he was just buying us an ounce every other day and then it would just buy us all the <laughs> Sonic we wanted. With a
1: credit card?
0: Well, he would go to an ATM, pull out the money, and then go to Sonic, you know, and run the credit card. And he would leave people like $10, $15 tips at Sonic. And I was like, dude, this dude's crazy. And um Yeah, that's how I got into it all real quick. And then yeah, so and because I don't know I need to cut the shit, but because drugs were or weed was illegal, like I became like a, a problem kid because I hung out with other problem kids. But I wasn't. I just need a little weed. You know what I mean? But yeah, instead, and like our, my friend Jonathan, who I haven't seen in years, like apparently he's, uh, you know, he's not even the same person anymore. He's Lindy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's uh, last uh-huh. I heard. I talked to Desiree. She said he was in jail and uh that he was rubbing his own feces all over himself and so they're putting him um. in solitary and i know this is fucked up to say it's funny but i remember being 14 years old and him saying if i ever go to jail i'm covering myself in my own shit so no one fucks me and like i think that's really what he's doing like i think because uh, i know this is insensitive, like he had this craziness that went through his family his mom snapped his grandma snapped they you know they're like early onset dementia maybe. Um, I think that's set in, but also he's doing this shit thing in jail because, you know, that's always been his plan. Now you called it
1: you knew coming like
0: this whole time. Like, right. Right. And so,
1: yeah, yeah, that sucks, man. It's weird. Like, you know, it's weird just watching everybody like go through life and stuff. And, and uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, uh, you know, but like, yeah, that's, it's sad. Like, like Martinez died when he had that funeral. Like that was like, what? Like so random. Like, you know, but, uh, um, well, and then there's yeah, some Rebecca,
0: some, you know, our classmate Rebecca, her life in the last year. I don't want to get into it, but it's like, God damn, right. it's a fucking Lifetime movie. Uh, Dude, she's
1: honestly like the main person I talked to that we grew up with. Like, like, her and I are still like best friends in the world. And like, I saw uh, Blanca, uh, during Christmas. Well, yeah, Christmas, yeah. yeah. Tanner was down and we went to Terrell. I put a thing in our in our high school group. I was like, Hey, we're going to the I casino. If y'all want to come out there. So they, they came out because that post, no one else said anything. And we freaking have fun. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't talk to many people, uh, like I said, but I'm trying to reach out to a few if anyone wants you know, call my podcast. I feel like we can make it work. Um, but all right, man, I'm letting you go. Get out of here. We've been cool. talking for fucking ever. Uh, this I will know. come out Wednesday, <laughs> by the way, just so you know. Um, and then cool. everyone listening, two days from now, we have a special Best Of Music podcast coming out. So listen to that shit as well. Um, and uh, thanks, man.
1: Yeah, man, have a good one. All right, peace.